What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Ragers. It feels like it's been weeks because guess what? It has been weeks with all this COVID stuff going on, but you know us. We are the Ragers show with the Orange Weekly crew. If you've been with us for a while, you know what we're all about, but if you're brand new, here's a unique spin on Broncos media, Broncos coverage. We're all about fantasy football and sports betting, but of course, we only talk about our beloved Broncos because that's the best team in this flipping country. We are Orange Weekly friends, brews, and Broncos news. That's what we are all about. And today on this Rager show, as always, I'm joined by my buddy. Y'all know him as Jared. I know him as J-Rock. Jared, Jared, J-Rock, it's been so long, man. How you doing, brother? I know, man. It's been been a minute. Uh, I feel like since the last time we saw Broncos, the Broncos play, I feel it was a couple years ago at this point, right? Like, holy crap. Yeah, it was, and it was a Thursday game, so it was like we've done two full football Sundays. Like, <laughs> and I don't even know, like we since we've seen a Broncos game. So, uh, man, I'm beyond oh, happy to be with you, brother, today, and, and talk a little bit of Broncos and see what we can do about about the uh, hated New England Patriots this week, man. But yay, man! You know what time it is? Is it beer thirty? Yeah. <laughs> Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Today I got that Elysian, uh, Elysian, is that how you say it? Somebody put in the comments if it's how you say it, Elysian Space Dust IPA, man, tasty as can be. Jared, what you drinking, man? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Swami's IPA. It's from the Pizza Port Brewing Company out here in California. Uh, it's pretty tasty if I do say so myself. Nice, yeah, we know that Pizza Port Brewing Company well, man. We've had a few few good nights on that Pizza Port beer. Yes, we have. Anyways, we are back. I don't even know, is it week six, seven? I don't even know what week it is, but I know it's the Broncos' <laughs> fifth game of the year. Um, we got Cam Newton. We're going down to New England, the cheating New England um, Patriots. They've probably given each other COVID just to push the game back another week. I don't know what the hell's going on. There's another positive case I think in the last 24 hours over there, if this game gets canceled, I swear to you, Bill Belichick, man, I will drive out there to New England and, and give you a piece of my mind. Um, anyways, we're going to talk about this game this week. Jared, we, we've been looking at this game for weeks and weeks and weeks. What are your initial reactions when you hear New England and then you hear the name Cam Newton in the same sentence, man? It's still so hard to wrap my head around. And, you know, I've watched a couple of their games. I've seen some of their film, and it's still so hard to see him in a Patriots uniform. Uh, running around doing the same stuff that he did while he was in Carolina, and that's the worst part. He is not slowed down, and he is still uh, executing very well in a in an offense that we typically isn't fit for his style. Yeah, totally. And and it's interesting, right? You know, last weekend, if this game was going to be played, our analysis on the game was going to look. It's going to look completely different than it was going to be this week, right? In some ways, the Broncos catch a break because we get Drew Lock back. We get a, probably a Philip Lindsay most likely back and healthy. It looks like no offense trending in the right direction. So we have some great positives. But that also gave the New England Patriots some time with Cam Newton coming back from his positive COVID test and all of the – I think Malcolm Butler is also on his back. Or is it Malcolm Butler? Yeah, Malcolm Butler's yep. on the way back um, onto the field. So it's interesting. Um, I don't know if we – I don't know who improved better. Or did we <laughs> improve and we're better off this week than we would have been last week? Uh, what do you think, Jared, just on an initial kind of comparison of the two teams? Uh, you know what? Honestly, the quarterback play is the biggest one, obviously. It, and even regardless, if we would have played last week with that last minute uh, Stefan Gilmore test of positive, he yes. was going to miss regardless. 
So having them be back, also having Drew Locke be back. Honestly, Brett Rippon was doing pretty well, and I was kind of looking forward to seeing the third string versus third string quarterback matchup there. Uh, but obviously we didn't get that. We're going to see starter versus starter, which honestly is probably better for everybody uh, as far as the fans go. It just sure. makes it uh, a little bit more difficult for our Broncos. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. So this week it's an interesting game, I think, to even just to sit down and start to handicap. Um, it's a little bit complicated by the Melvin Gordon situation that, of course, happened earlier this week. Melvin Gordon getting a DUI on Monday night, I believe. Um, that doesn't look like there's going to be any sanctions from the league. He practiced, which indicates that he's probably going to be a go this weekend. Yet we still have a couple of question marks. Jared, where are we at as a Broncos team? Who who do you think is going to be on the field? And are there any key players that are probably not going to be on the field this week that we need to be aware of? Yeah, so uh, on the on the piece of the uh, the DUI, so last year with Kareem Jackson, what they did was they waited until the the judge, you know, he went to court and the judge came down with the guilty verdict. So that's probably what's going to happen. They increased, the NFL increased the, um, the league sanctions on DUIs to three games as opposed right. to two, which it was in the past. So he's going to get a three-game suspension, but it probably won't be until later in the season. Right. He will play this week. I, I have no doubt in my mind. He missed a practice with an unrelated illness. He'll be back. He's a he's a competitor. He, he's going to be playing. Uh, the other people that uh, I'm a little disappointed are going to be back, Jeremiah Tashu. Is not going to be back. He was kind of trending in the right direction. It looks like he's doubtful for our game, which is going to be tough. But it looks like a lot of our guys, not this game specifically, but going forward, a lot of guys are getting a little bit healthier. I think the biggest ones are Noah Fant is the one to keep an eye on, on whether or not he plays or not, uh, seeing as our tight end room has been not doing so great, right? right. Nick Vanette, we as we picked up in the offseason, we thought was going to do better, and he's not. Um, and we have a couple of young guys in there as well. Jake Butt hasn't turned out to what we want him to be. So sure. uh, hopefully he gets back and he gets better. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest one, the biggest name out there, everybody's talking about it. Drew Locke having Drew Locke back is, is the key to this Broncos offense and hopefully the key to the Broncos offense scoring 37 points again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like last week, if the game was going to be, what we heard was a, if it would have been a playoff type of game or a must win type of game, Drew Locke would have played last week. Now we know that means he's probably going to be pretty close to healthy, which gives us an exciting, exciting kind of view for this week. Again, Hey, listen, you heard it on this show here in week one of our podcast here. You know, hey, listen, I, I, I spit the truth, man. All I do is put money <laughs> in people's pockets, man. I told y'all we were one injury or two injuries away from being a really, really crummy team. We had no margin for error. We were probably a three or four win team the way that it lies. But ultimately, nobody gives a shit as long as Drew Locke works out. If we can find out that Drew Locke is the guy this year, moving forward, we have such a young core. I think we're going to be in really great shape. So, Without further ado, let's take a look at this game this week. And like we always do, let's go through the position groups, Jared. And let's start with um, our offensive weapons against their uh, defensive weapons. And let's just start on the outside. We got the receiver crew versus their DBs. What do you see on the outside? Does anybody have an edge? Broncos, New England, who, who's got an edge here? So the biggest one, and, and we talked about this just a couple minutes ago, but uh, the fact that Stephon Gilmore will not be uh, playing with his COVID injury he is a big piece of their defense. I mean, he's a you know an MVP. He's a uh, you know the Super Bowl savior, uh, and he, he's their he's their number one corner, their shutdown corner. He will not be playing. However, on the opposite side of him, uh, J.C. Jackson, 2018 undrafted, uh, he's been playing very well for them, uh, and he's been actually lighting up. And he's one of those unsung heroes of that defense. So honestly, that's a tough one. Uh, I think we have a little bit of edge on the receiver position, only without the addition of Stephon Gilmore. Both McCourty brothers are probably going to be playing. 
Uh, one of them will probably end up playing corner, and I think that's a, a matchup that we should, again, should be able to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're looking at the stats here from a fantasy perspective, um, the New England Patriots are giving up the 23rd most fantasy points to wide receivers this year, which gives us an indication that there is definitely some opportunities on the outside for our Bronco receivers to have a chance. Again, they're giving up the 23rd most fantasy points this year. Now, we always got to remember there's the Belichick, Belichick, Belichick aspect of the game where he tends to try to take away your best opportunity to score. I think you could argue up to this point in time, probably one of the best tools that we had was Noah Fant in the tight end game. And our running game has been been spot on at times. So thinking through that, Jared, what do you think about our running back situation and maybe kind of thinking about the seven, um, the interior seven on seven that we're thinking about through the linebackers and O-line, D-line kind of combination that we have there. So first and second down, they're going to load the box and they're going to load it hard. They know that, like, just like you said, they know that our number one, Belichick is one of the smartest, if not the smartest defensive minds in the game. He knows that our strength is in our run. He's going to stop the run and make Drew Locke throw the ball. And he knows that that's where he struggles. So you know, first, second down, he's going to load the box. It's going to be very difficult to get running time early on. And if this mm-hmm. game gets out of hand fast, then we're going to have to throw even more. And it's going to be, it's going to turn into an ugly game. But we have the front seven to be able to push the line just a little bit. And we have the ability with, with, um, uh, Philip Lindsay coming back, I think that really opens up the explosion aspect of it. So this is one of those that it's really tough to, it could be one of those where they get held real, real easy right off the bat and we go down real fast, or it could be one where they break off a couple big 45, 50 yard runs and you know, you make your bet back in one, one play. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking at the fantasy stats this year, kind of, I think you nailed it right on the head, Jared, uh, loves to load the box. Again, they've played with the lead quite a bit this year, the New England Patriots, And I think they're the number one or number two rushing team in the league. So they've been able to manage the clock really great on their side of things. They're giving up the seventh highest points. So that's not a good thing, right? So there's only six teams that are giving up less points to running backs when we're talking about it from a fantasy perspective. So they're giving up the seventh highest. So that's a, that's a, you know, not a good stat for us. I think they're just really depending on loading that box again. I think they're all the opponents been playing from behind quite a bit and quarterbacks are giving up 16th They're 50%. They're dead center of the pack when it comes to quarterback scoring in the fantasy world. So I think your kind of your analysis is spot on. I think when we thinking about this game, the question is, is, is Drew Locke the guy? And 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 if Drew Locke's the guy and he can make up for this, is he better than 50% of the quarterbacks in this league? I guess is the question that I'm trying to get at here. Um, fantasies projections this week have him laid, like rated at like the 24th or 25th highest projected quarterback this week. Is that too high, too low, just right? When we think about Drew Locke against this defense as a whole, is he a, is he a top 15 or 10 quarterback this week? Yes or no? Top 10, no. Top 15, yes. And this is why. Pat Shermer has gotten better every single week. And yes, the last game we played three years ago was against the Jets. And that was a tough one. You know, it was an easy team. Everybody says, oh, it's the Jets. They're going to end up getting the first round pick. I get it. It was a tough defense. It was an easy defense to play against. But Pat Shermer and his offense has done very well at every single week improving. And I think with Drew Locke back in that system again, having his good targets other than Cortland Sutton back, He's going to be able to make some plays. Uh, Jerry Judy stepping into himself. He got his first touchdown against the Jets, yeah. and that's going to be huge. So I think he is definitely better than a 26th overall quarterback. I think he's a top 15, and I think this is the game that he can prove it. Yeah, this will be a, this will be a great game to see Drew Locke kind of step out of his shell. So with that, as we're going to roll into this, let's look at some fantasy lines this week. And just in case y'all keeping track at home, 
Ranger show this year. We are 11-4-2 when it comes to Broncos bets. We are absolutely smashing it. The Broncos are not doing so hot, but we every single week we seem to be putting money in our pockets, and we love that, and hopefully you're following along at home. So as we're going through this analysis today, we're going to kind of use that as our backdrop here. Currently, as it sits right now on most sites, we're seeing Denver at plus nine, nine-point underdogs with an over-unders hovering right around 44-45. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talk about the smart money or the shark money or the sharp money, whatever term that you want to use compared to the general public tickets. Get this, 63, or I'm sorry, um, 60% of the bets coming in right now are favoring New England at minus nine. So most of the general public is walking in there, they're cashing their $25 scrub tickets like you and I, and they're putting it on the New England Patriots. However, when we look at the dollar-dollar bills, 64% of the cash value is actually coming in on the Broncos' side of the coin. And so that means for every, you know, again, that even though the general public is betting more likely on the New England Patriots, the bigger bets, the smart money is definitely coming in on the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this number hover right around that plus nine, Plus 10 number. If you see this on any of your books, go to plus 10. I would take it immediately. I think that this is a, a really great bet at plus 10. I think that gives the, the sort of the push opportunity there on the backside of this. Um, plus 10, I think, is a big-time number that we see here. The other thing that's really important here, the over-under is set at 44. So they're not expecting a very high-scoring game in general. And so if you're thinking of very, a low-scoring game and you're spotting the other team 10 points, the only way it's going to go under is it's got to be like a 28, you know, 7 type of game. The question is, is the Broncos, are they better than 28-7? I suppose that's what you should be thinking about in your mind. So, Jared, with that being said, Broncos, if you're going to spot the Broncos 10 points, you think the Broncos have a chance this week? What do you, what do you What's your kind of read on the game this week? Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, our offense has been awful. Like I said, Pat Shermer has been getting better each and every week. And I think our defense is holding what they need to do. And I think they're doing what they need to do. We talked about the New England Patriots being one of the better clock control run offenses. Well, we're the number two defense, according to Pro Football Focus, on against the run in the league. Sure. Um, it's our one bright spot without with the absence of all these, you know, without the absence of Jarrell Casey and Von Miller and all these other guys in the yeah. interior, Atashu, I talked about. But we have still one of the best run defenses in the league, and I think we can be able to control that as long as we can control Cam Newton. I, I see this being a low-scoring game only for that reason. Our offense still has to find its feet. Even though we scored 37 points against the Jets, I still think we need to find our feet against a real defense. Yep. And our defense is one of the best in the league for a reason. So I, I, that's why I see this definitely being a low-scoring game. Yeah, I think you bring up the probably the most important point there, right? The strength of the New England Patriots. Again, the run defense there. The Broncos seemingly for right now, their linebacker play has been pretty solid. They've been able to stuff the middle um, and getting enough coverage on the edge. I think that the run defense has been just tremendous this year for the Denver Broncos. Again, I think you're right. Run defense, uh, top three or top four. Overall defense, we're still top 10 um, when we're talking about overall defense efficiency. So that, that definitely indicates to the game. So, with that being said, we just talked about kind of this how the game's going to play out, right? So we have the 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 Patriots, a little bit of a run heavy team coming against strength versus strength there in that regard. We see a little bit of weakness on the outside with the wide receiver versus the defensive back core for the Denver favoring the Denver Broncos this week. Drew Locke is set at over to over under 220 passing yards this week with 
Um, uh, over under 1.5 passing touchdowns. You're getting positive juice on that. What do you think about those numbers there? So this is if you really if you're really feeling frisky, you could take those ones. I, I don't think he gets. He has one touchdown on the season, and that yep. that's one throwing touchdown in the season. And he played what three games before he got hurt. Well, so, one and a half. Yep. yep one one and a half. Half. Okay, yep. one and a half. So he hasn't have a lot of under him, but he only has one touchdown. Uh, on the, on the side of the 220 yards passing, I, I'm not a fan of that either. So this is what it comes down to. What do you think this game is going to turn out to be? Do you think the New England Patriots are going to come out rolling? They're going to score real high on us early, and we're going to be down? Then yes. Give that money to Drew Locke over 220. Do you think this is going to be a slow-paced, run, boring, defensive-heavy game? Then he is not going to get over 220 yards. I see him maybe getting 150, maybe 180, but I don't think he's going to hit the 200 mark. Not this week. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You look at his career stats, right? He has broken the 200-yard mark in about 50% of the games that he's played. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, you, if you take into account the Pittsburgh game where he got hurt, then you're then you're you're, you're excuse it the other way, but he's 50-50 basically. I'm breaking 200 yards. His touchdowns are one one zero three two one. So, I mean, I think setting it at 1.5, and clearly the betting, you know, where we're getting it that over under 1.5 touchdowns is plus 184. Um, so you're getting some positive juice on this. I think the Broncos are going to be down. I mean, I think that's where I always kind of lean towards. I think that Drew Locke wants to prove a point this week. I think he's, I'm back. I want to be the guy. They're going to load the box. I think there's going to be some opportunities for Drew Locke to throw the ball. I also think the Broncos are going to be down. I mean, here's the reality of the situation. The Broncos are a, a crappy team, right? We're probably bottom five team in the league right now. We're probably looking at a two to three win season. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I'm not here. To, I'm not here to just <laughs> toot everybody's horn. I'm just here to tell you what it is. It's not going to change the fact that I'm going to wear my Broncos jersey on Saturday, on Sunday, and on Monday, and on Tuesday, and every day of the week that they're playing. But what I'm telling you is we're going to be down. I, I I think you're right, Jared, on the analysis of the over under 1.5 touchdown. If you're feeling froggy and you're feeling what the hell kind of bet and you want to throw a dollar bet on that, I, he gets one. Drew Locke's going to throw a touchdown this week. Yes. Does he get two? I think there's a decent chance. He's definitely getting one. Drew Locke over 220. I'm going to lock that in. I think that that's a good play this week. Again, I think they're going to be down. I think Drew Locke's got a chance to um, really come back into the limelight a little bit here. I think uh, Drew, Bill, Bill Belichick's going to give him kind of what, they, what they're willing to give him, and I think that's going to be some dink and dunks and see what happens from that point in time. Jared, let me ask you this question. How many points do the Broncos score in the game? I mean, do they even have – are they going to score – they're not going 37, right? We're not playing against the Jets. But where do we land as the Broncos organization this year? In this oh, game? that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So I, I don't think we score over – and we're talking – I just said, you know, the over-under 1.5, but I don't think we score over 20 points this game. I, I, I'd be surprised if we got over 17 Okay. Um, I do think I still think it's going to be a closer game than everybody thinks it is. I think you know the other teams probably you know New England's probably not going to score much either. But I don't think we score over seventeen points this week. Yeah, interesting. You know the 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 thing that I keep flashing back to was that horrible Tuesday night football game: Tennessee <laughs> Titans, Buffalo Bills. You know the Tennessee Titans don't play for two weeks. They come out and they just piss stomp the Bills, just like you wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. Here's an interesting bet. I'm going to throw it out there for the betting public for y'all to listen to. The first half line on the Denver Broncos scoring is set right now at seven and a half points. Do the Broncos over under seven and a half points in the first half of this game. I, I I'm going to, I'm going to just put on my, you know, I'm going to put on my hat again. I, I think Drew Locke wants to just try to make a little bit of a splash this week. 
I'm going to take over seven and a half. We're basically, I think, Jared, you're kind of right at 10 points, right? Do we get 10 points in the first half of the game? Keep the game close. I'm going to take over seven and a half points in the first half of the Broncos game. I think that there's a legitimate chance they get there. Again, um, hopefully Drew Locke comes out and shows a little bit of a splash. You know, they've been out for a couple of weeks. I'm hoping that that rest gets them healthier and gives them a chance to get a little bit of practice in. You know, I know everybody's bitching that they didn't get their bye week and they had to practice both weeks, but guess what, Broncos? Y'all suck. So y'all need some practice anyway. So I'm glad they got a little extra practice in. I'm wondering how that's going to play out. I'm going to take over seven and a half points in that first half. For you know what? I, I, I like that bet, and here's why. Uh, the way that people lose to New England and the way that people lose to Bill Belichick is not in the first half. It is in the end of the game and the adjustments made mid-game. I think Pat Shermer is going to have an offense that comes out and probably scores on the first or second drive right off the bat. And then we're going to have another field goal here towards the end, you know, uh, here and there, we might get a good turnover, whatever the case is, but uh, where, where we're going to lose is going to be in that second half. It's going to be down the road when we need to make the adjustments, which uh, is going to be difficult for us and not so difficult for Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. Let's take a look at the the running back crew and the wide receiver group this week, right? As we're, as the filming of this, this is Friday night. We still don't have lines on this game because I think they're still kind of working out some of the kinks on some of these things. But let's make some projections. And I'm going to take Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Jared. Game one of the year, we saw a 50-50 lion share until uh, Philip Lindsay went down with the turf toe. We got the DUI lingering in the background. I love when Philip Lindsay's been pushed into a wall because it seems like that kid produces every single time that he produces. I'm going to give you those two players, knowing against we're going against one of the top run defenses in the league. Just between the two, what do you project their carry split is, and what do you project their um, yards? Who has more yards between the two? So this has always been the most difficult thing in Denver to predict because every time I, every time they go out there, and I mean the head coach will go out there and say it's going to be a, ma- a majority carries for Melvin Gordon or Phil Lindsay, and then next thing you know, the other one gets more of the carries because that's the hot hand. We're playing the hot hand at yeah. that point, and I like your analysis. I think Phil Lindsay has a lot to prove coming back from an injury. Unfortunately, he is coming back from an injury, and that's something that the coaching staff has to take into consideration, Ooh, yeah. including us as the betting public needs to take that into consideration. Uh, Melvin Gordon coming off a of DUI, not nearly as bad. That's something that we're going to have to think about, like I said, later down the road as far as right now. He also has a lot to prove that he deserves to be on this team and he has uh, deserves to uh, carry the ball and, and show off to his teammates that he's he is there for the Broncos and not just for himself. So both of those running backs are going to have a full head of steam going into this game and it's going to be playing a hot hand. And I, you know, I, I'm taking the easy word out, but I can't tell you which one's going to get more uh, on this one. Absolutely. And it's hard. I think it's even harder to project the total. Let's think about it through the total rushing yards. Let's play a game, Jared, over under total rushing yards. The Broncos have this week over under 69, 79, 89. I'd I'd say over a hundred. You think they have a hundred rushing yards as a team? One, 100 rushing yards between the two of them. Okay. So then that gives us a a projection on that thing. You know, here's what I would say as the lions come out. Remember, if you would need to get these lions on day of, I post videos and little Quirky content on our Twitter feed. That's OW Ragers. OW is in orange weekly Ragers. You can follow us there. Hit that at button. Hit that follow button. Let's play a fun game here. I like Lindsay in the 30s. If he's anywhere in the 30-yard run, this third over-projected 38, 39, I think that he's worth a shot at that. Again, he's got the blow-up potential. He's got the long ball potential. If he's anywhere in the 40s or trending towards the 50s, I don't like it from exactly what you said, Jared, um, that the fact of the matter is is that he's coming off of a turf toe injury, which is a terrible injury if you're a running back. Uh, they're probably going to just play him a little bit easier. 
Uh, if he's anywhere in the 30s, I love it. Melvin Gordon having a great season. He's averaging, I think he had 75 rushing yards in all but one game this year. So I, I like him anywhere in the high 40s, low 50s. I don't like him if we start to see him trend towards the 60-yard number there. So as you're thinking through the game this week, uh, as Jared's analysis is spot on, if Lindsey's anywhere in the 30s, I'm taking him. I'm just, I think I'm gonna, I trust the kid. I love the kid. Um, it seems like he could just pop at any moment. And then if Melvin Gordon's anywhere in the 40s, I think he's worth the, sh- he's definitely worth the shot. And 50, 52 is probably my cutoff for Melvin Gordon this week. Last question as we kind of wrap some things up here. Let's talk through the chemistry mm-hmm. of Drew Locke and the wide receiver core, right? We don't have Cortland Sutton, which we know is Drew Locke's right hand man. He's gone, right? We know that for sure. Fans kind of a 50-50 trending in the right direction kind of guy for this week. We know that there's great chemistry there, but we haven't had enough of a sample size to figure out who the chemistry is with the other receivers. It seems like Tim Patrick didn't actually pop until he was with Driscoll or one of the second or third string quarterbacks. And so I'm hard pressed to say that, that Tim Patrick's the guy who do you think has the most chemistry? with Drew Locke, and who do we project to potentially be the number one receiver when it comes to total yards at the end of this week? So the only two things that you could take into aspect here is is the games he played last year, which is, you know, without two of our younger running our receivers. Obviously, we're without uh, Hamler this week, but we have Jerry Judy is going to be our number one receiver. We don't have enough of a sample size to see if we trust him. Tim Patrick on the other side, but you know who we did have a lot of chemistry with and someone we haven't seen in a while? Deshaun Hamilton in the yeah. ad's absence of... KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton is going to be getting a lot of snaps. And that is somebody that Drew Locke last year towards the end of the season really, really trusted to throw the ball to. And uh, I honestly, he's the only one that we've seen as far as chemistry goes. He does still have Judy and Patrick. And I do think eventually he's going to get that uh, chemistry with Judy. Like I said, getting that uh, touchdown, the the Moss touchdown yeah, over, against Moss. New York mm-hmm. is huge, huge for Jerry Judy to get the confidence up to uh, that, you know, He's ready to play. He's ready to just throw the ball up to me, and I'll go get it. And I, hopefully, that builds confidence in his quarterbacks. And uh, but yeah, the only person he has that I can really trust that he will definitely get the ball to is Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, I love, I love that. And you're right, Jerry Judy seems you know he had a little bit of the yips to begin the year, had a little bit of the drops. Remember, we took Jerry Judy as our overall prop over 750 yards on the year. Right now, he is at 234 yards on the year, which ranks him 38th amongst all receivers. And essentially, he hasn't played a game so. He's right on that that edge of that mid-tier wide receiver two right now, which we're, which he's looking great. I think Jerry Judy's probably got his six, six to eight targets. they they got to get him the ball. He's our biggest threat, definitely. Um, I see him getting six to eight targets. I think that, that he's a great play at around 40 to 50 yards this week. I think they just – because they have to get him the ball. And I love the day, Sean Hamilton. It's kind of a sneaky pick. Um, if the odds come out on him, I bet it'll be right around 12 or 15 yards receiving for the week. Uh, he's probably going to get three or four targets again because of that chemistry between Drew. You only get this shit right here, right here, right now with the Raiders <laughs> and the Orange Weekly crew, man. If y'all is out there listening to some other crap, you ain't getting this type of analysis here. But Deshaun Hamilton's probably going to get three or four targets this week. And if he's hovering anywhere around the sub-20 yard mark for the week, you hit that button, you hit that take button, and I love where we're at right here. So we got some vague ragers this week. I apologize. Listen, we're trying to get this show out for y'all so y'all have enough time to download it, listen to it, make some comments, laugh about it, hit that like button and subscribe button. But here's what we like. We like Lindsey in the 30s. We like Melvin Gordon in the low 50s or below for, for rushing yards this upcoming week. I think Jerry Judy's a lock anywhere in the 50s. I mean, I think he's going to be a 50-yard receiver because he's going to get six to eight targets. We don't have – that's really literally our, our best bet as far as um, 
our, our big time playmaker. And Deshaun Hamilton is a sneaky pick. Um, he's going to get four targets. He's going to have four targets, 38 yards receiving this week. He is a sneaky pick. Um, again, if you want to get lifetime action, we might put something up on the Facebook, but OW Ragers is the best place to find this information as we go ahead and we crush um, these bets. And you know what? We're going to keep putting money in your pocket because that's just exactly what we do around here. I hate New England. I love the Broncos. Jared, what are your final thoughts just in general about this game and your expectations rolling into to Sunday? If you keep your expectations low, you can always beat them. <laughs> <laughs> That's my expectations going in this game. My expectations are they're going to come through and we're going to see a Tampa Bay-like game where we just can't get anything going. It doesn't seem like there anything that we do is right. And then I'm hoping as we go out there, we remember that this is the New England Patriots. We hate them, and we have a lot to prove against them, and we go out there and play lights out. And maybe we make it a close game, and it's a lot of fun for Broncos country. But uh, keep the expectations low, and they can always beat them. Yeah, baby. So, again, to recap, if you see that Denver Broncos line move to plus 10, I think you got to smash that line. I think it's going to be a great line. Uh, at plus 9, you're, you've got push potential there. I like it at plus 9. You can go ahead and lock that in. We think it's going to be a close game. Drew Locke over 220 yards, I think, again, from our analysis. Um, Drew Locke having something to prove. I think the Broncos are going to be a little bit down in their uh, Bill Belichick's just willingness to just commit to stopping the run and the run first, I think is going to open up a few opportunities. The first half over seven and a half points, I think is a fun line. And then you got a couple player props to play with between the running back crew and the wide receiver crew. Again, listen, just because we're telling you that the Broncos stink right now and we're giving it to you straight doesn't mean that we don't love the Denver Broncos. It's just simply what we're trying to say here is, hey, we're right there with you. And guess what? Just have an extra couple cold ones on Sunday because it's going <laughs> to be a long, long day. Um, with that being said, it's been so long. It's been too long, but we are OW Orange Weekly. We are about fans, brews, Broncos news, and this is the Rager Show. J-Rock and I will be hanging out with you each and every week, wherever you can download your podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe button, OW Ragers at Twitter. Um, and, you know, as always, peace out, much love, and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.